And they were meant to inspire us so that we would live the life uh, of Jesus. So that we would live unfolded. So like I said, now it starts. We were actually going to have a worship service this morning. Jameson, extended worship. But, but we want to do a, a worship service uh, in a couple of weeks from now. And at that worship service, we can have time for testimonies. And you're going to be the one that will live in the world. You're going to be the one sharing the amazing things that God has done to you. Right? Is that right? Are you guys excited? You say yes. Say yes, God. Yes, God. I'm, I'm saying yes. Use me. You can say that. God, use me. This morning. So this morning, my, my question to you is how big is your Jesus? How big is your Jesus? Because that will determine how you live. Now I, I, I've got to read a word for us this morning from Micah chapter 5. Um, and it speaks about the remnant. I strongly feel that we represent him to, to God. A remnant, a group of people that God has had selected to be here. And again, like I said, if you visit me this morning, I don't want to be you presumptuous. Ask God, should I be part of this? Is this what you have intended for me as well? Um, but I believe that God is doing something He's reviving our hearts. You believe it? You believe, you believe that God can do something in our lifetime that is amazing. We can do the impossible, amen? He can do great things. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But living unfolded. So I want to talk about the, the first part of that phrase, a living. Right? Then I'm going to talk about the second part. And two points on removing the filters. Now, I've been saved for, for 30, 40 years. And I was actually thinking this week, um, way back when I was in high school, um, I remember this one day I got this this idea, just this vague idea. I wasn't a Christian by then, I didn't go to church. And I just thought, it's up, just so clearly it's like I just put my mind the story. I just thought, man, I would like to serve God. I would like to, you know, you know, give it, you know, the way I thought about it that day was I would like to give the girl my life to Jesus and then, then the mind came into play. And this was like, you know, uh, these Christians, they like to speak. I don't want to have to do Christians and then the idea pops. And I really believe looking back that that was God calling me back then even before I was saved. Like I think I'd say at least seven years later uh, from that moment. But even in that I was, there was a call. God was calling me, but I had focus. Right? I had focus blocking me from really, it's, it's almost like it just broke through. But it was God's call. It was even calling me when I first had to get saved so that the focus can be removed, you know, and I could hear clearly. And, and, and so many years passed, and you know, I must have been good by this, but um, you know, I, I was a bit shy guy, I was very um, inhibited, and to imagine I would stand there and speak to you would be a possibility for you to say that you're crazy, there's no way to speak. In front of people, I would, uh, you know, in school, I would stand in front of the cross. And I prepared hours and I just had to teach my little because I just had such a fear of speaking people. So it's a God that really did something for life. I was inhibited and I started drinking in high school. And you know, when I started drinking, suddenly this 
Akbar would serve us. You know, this guy that had no inhibitions, no fears, and you know, I sort of started liking this guy. So I started drinking, right? And um, you know, this kind of Indian philosophy. Um, and you know, my my friends first year they were um, they were uh, wine, you know, they went to wine for us. And so they knew they knew about drinking, especially wine. They called me um, Tassabel, which you know. Because I would walk around the basket bottle of wine in my hand. So that's why we got the name. And so first year it's like fun, you know, you know, music's funny and so on. You know, we get to see that it's still going on and everyone's like really serious now about status and so on. Then and, and the winemakers, guys, they say, oh, you know, you then you know it's from bad, right? And so my life was going down and I remember one night I was sitting. Um, I, was, I was depressed, and I went to sit this moment, but I sat on the corner of the road, it was really more than I was okay. And I just cried out to God. No one's got a problem. I didn't know, I had a couple of little teens in Sunday school this day, but I never had a real relationship with God. I just cried out to God. I forgot about God, but it was just a real moment of God. I thought I'd go on. In fact, God showed me that this happened um, a couple of months ago, I would say. It was a couple of weeks later that one of my friends took me to school. Um, and I was thinking, if I had something over here, I don't do that. I'm afraid of the people. I don't like the Christian thing because the people I used to, they say one thing, they do another thing, and I don't have to do with that. I'm um, especially on the road. So my friend made a deal with me, was a big play. He used to make fun of school. He said to me, listen. What we'll do is we'll have a couple of drinks before school and then afterwards we'll continue. So I said, okay, that's a deal. So since my first morning was uh, an adventure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any best of mine, I said, I'll go on one you know, condition, don't make me cry. And then make me cry. So a couple of weeks later, God had stepped into my life. I was in a meeting and Speaker was talking about the love of Jesus, and suddenly, suddenly, it's like all the fullness just came. And suddenly, I realized that I knew almost my whole life that God set up the world and gave His Son. Uh, I suddenly realized, well, He loves me. It wasn't just the world, the out there, but His love suddenly became a reality to me. It touched my heart. You know, and the fullness just came coming down. The fears just left, and um, you know, I just and suddenly the desire that biggest time was still drinking, and that was the last time I had anything to drink. I had no other symptoms, um, and, and, and I was full with the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be full with the Holy Spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit filled up that gap, and He filled me. And so, so God is not doing things in focus that God needs to do in us, that we see clearly, that we see as he as he calls us. But firstly, like I said, I want to talk about this concept of living, the real life, the life that Jesus intended for us. John 10, 10 you know that scripture that Jesus came for abundance of life, real life. Let's read from 
introduction. Micah, in this chapter, chapter 5, the book of Micah, the, the, the prophet, the minor prophet Micah, he um, introduces in this chapter the Messiah, the promised one, um, on whose coming all the plans and purposes of, purposes of God hinge. He would be born as a man of Bethlehem, even though his goings have been from everlasting. When the Messiah comes, he will shepherd his people, deliver the scattered kingdom. It's not reading from the she's giving the So that's the context. Mike has been building up this point of year. He prophesies about the Messiah. And sometimes, and obviously, if you look at the Gospels and see this incredible life that, that Jesus lived, sometimes it's good to look at the prophecies, the real prophecies in the Old Testament. Long before Jesus was born, there were these powerful, vague, and precise prophecies of his life. Sometimes it's good to go to those prophets and those prophecies because it encapsulates something of the life of Jesus, right? And we think about it, we are living. So verse 8 of chapter 5 says, And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles, in the midst of many peoples, like a lion, among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, who, if he passes through, both prints down and tears in pieces, and none can deliver. Are you guys getting an echo? A part of the echo, it's just me. No, it's an echo? No, it's just me. Okay. It's the birds. They are not echoing, yes. Can you hear me? Especially the prophecies related to 
Messiah. So think out the fulfillment was in the people of God, in Israel or Judah, um, but then ultimately it was in Jesus. And, and sometimes there's even another step where it's where we have the continuation of this life of Jesus and this prophecy that speaks to us as well. Now Matthew Henry speaks about the last version. Um, guys were speaking about the prophecy concerning the political Israel. But this now speaks about us. Matthew Henry says the following. And they shall be silent and gentle and communicate the whole good to those that receive the truth in love of it. So they shall be as bold as a lion in witnessing against the corruptions of times and places they live in. And strong as a lion in the strength of God to resist and overcome their spiritual enemies. Their weapons of their warfare are mighty through God to put in down the struggles. They shall be have courage with all their adversities um, shall not be able to resist and when the light takes not in the middle, infidelity, the signs and all and anything made to stop around when sinners are convinced and converted by the power of the gospel in the, in, in the doctrine of its ministries and the conversations of its professors then the remnant of Jacob is like a lion it's a powerful stuff amen this picture of, of, of the Messiah, like I said, us, we are the continuation of the ministry of the Messiah. It says, like a lion between uh, the beast of the field. The image is encountered because the, the, no one, no, nothing stands for the, uh, nothing can scare a lion, right? From the beast of the field. The lion is the king of the forest. It continues. Says that the young lion among the flocks of sheep. Now, is there any context in that equation? Right? That is the picture that God says, So shall my people be, like the young lion among the sheep. In other words, there's nothing that can stand against you. Again, do you believe? Do you believe that through you, God can do amazing things? Do you believe that? That the life that you live, you can live in such a way that nothing, nothing should intimidate you. Nothing should hold you back um, but its purpose that, that propel you into what is called you for. So that's that's the first point, is, is, is we need to live lives. Paul speaks of, 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 of the line of Judah, right? The line of Judah is, is this awesome. God is this awesome God, um, but then that lives in us, and lives in and through us. Um, God says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. That takes me to the second point. The second point is about God's call. So he lives in us. God lives in us. He comes to inhabit us. Then he calls us for his purpose. I already mentioned about God's call in my life. But there's three callings. If you had to think of a scripture, so I'll ask you the question, give me a scripture concerning our calling today. I think most of us will come up with Matthew chapter 25. Then that's our calling is to go to the world, to make disciples, um, and to teach. Teaching, um, teach them what I've told you. Because Jesus told 
that's, that's probably our primary reference to our point. But I want you to notice that that is not our first point. In fact, that is the third point. There are three points. There's the, there's the initial point. And then there's the, the, um, the follow up point, and then there's the eventual point. Right? You're going to see this in Mark chapter 3, verse 40. The first point, the initial point, and then the eventual point. Verse 40 says, And he appointed twelve that they might be with him. He appointed twelve not to Matthew and go into all the world to make sons. But he appointed twelve that they might be with him. Now that is your first call. Your first call is to be with Jesus. Right? Some of us make the mistake we go to the last call. We don't do stuff like that. But I'm sure you'll know that if you do stuff like that, you'll quickly run out of strength steam. And you'll quickly feel this is really tough to do this. Right? You'll quickly feel intimidated and you want to be thinking and just intimidated. The first call is just to be with Jesus. Alright? If you've given this to that call, that is the first thing you need to say yes to. It's the call is to be with Jesus. That is amazing. And thank you for your words. When Jesus wants us to have a precious, intimate relationship with Him. And from that place, everything else makes sense. From that place is our strength. Is that intimate place with Him. Then the second call, not yet that Second call, it says, and he sent them out to preach and they have authority to drive out demons. You know that. That is your second call. So our second call is in essence, essence to set people free. So first to be with Jesus, then secondly to set people free. That is your second call. Now if you see again this the initial call after setting people free, and you just gone to Matthew 28 to go and make, you're going you're gonna to miss something. And in fact, there's a lot of teaching happening in the world. But a lot of the teaching is good advice, but not good news. Right? We are meant to share the good news and not good advice. If you miss your initial call after setting people free, you might find yourself teaching good advice, not the gospel. We are all to set people free. Amen? Amen. Can I hear amen? Amen. God has given us His Holy Spirit. He's given all of the heavens as our possession. He says, all authority belongs to you so that you and I can go into this world and see people that are depressed, see people that are bound, see people that are confused, that are stuck, that are, have broken relationships. See us walking in their lives and setting the captives free. That was the first word that Jesus got. It was after we got that word to set the captives free we started this ministry. So your second call is to do that. Not to do lots of stuff with Jesus, not to work for him. That's what you that's is a call, but it's not your first call, your initial call. It's to set people free. Then we go to in the context of us moving into the lives of our friends, our colleagues, our families. Did you know your, your, families is the, your family is the most crucial mission, mission field you'll ever go to? I always say that um, 
that if you can see God going to your family, you are ready for any mission to you. That is the hardest place to have. That's sometimes the most difficult thing to see our parents and our siblings come under the you know, power of God and see change in their lives. But God really loves our families. He really wants to move and to see how He's changed. Not only in salvation, but in complete freedom. He wants to come. That's maybe a word for someone. You need to minister to your family. You need to pray for your family. You need to trust that God does in their lives what He's done in your life. And see the continuation of that. So those are the three points to be with Him, to free people, to go to teach, to make disciples. So the, the, the first filter of this life we live, the first filter is the filter of fear. Right? What is the thing that most hinders us to live the life that Jesus has for us? Most of us it is some form of fear, whether it's intimidation, Uh, they, they just, uh, they just looked at 
are just so inspired. I'm sharing these stories that you would be inspired to say, I'm going to just say yes, living this, this life of, of being fulfilled. But now, this is the crucial part. This is, this is what, what is so important. If we, if we do not remove the filters of the world, then we are really powerless. And we feel like Micah says, verse 11. It says, I'll cut off. From the picture of God as the lion, and we as you know, representatives of God and the lion through us. But he says, in verse 11, I will cut the cities of the land and show down all the struggles. I will cut all sorceries from your hand, and you shall have no suits. Your carved images I will also cut off, your sacred pillars from your midst. You shall no longer worship. Seven types of idols that Micah says will be removed down with the coming of the lion. The lion of God, the lion of the tribe of Judah. It says it speaks about coffee, imagery, and it speaks about suitcase. Looking now that all these things are still at work, they're still present in our lives, in our modern lives, in our secular societies. You know, the heart of man hasn't changed, and you know that. Jesus says the first thing he says to his disciples, he says, I know the heart of man. Right? And the heart of man, words in the following way, God says, the heart of man is deceitful about all things. In other words, you have two, two warring sides of your life, the warring sides of, of your being. The one side says it's your spirit. Speaking of your spirit is made like the spirit says, yes, God. The spirit says, yes, I'm excited. Doing something here. I want to have a part of it. Then something else comes up, it's called the flesh. The soul. It says, Well, I'm not sure, you know, I'm keen for it. You know, I'm a bit scared. I know the implications, the cost of us, and I'm really, really keen on my comfort because, you know, we've been conditioned to live for our comfort. That's what our, our culture determines us. Comfort is everything. So everything I do, my success is to, to get to comfort, right? To, to, Quite well, thanks for your powerful message. It's been quite well, and it's all for one thing. No, it's not for that. It's for the kingdom, right? And so, so these are things, um, the idols that God wants us to overcome. So the spirit uh, cries out to God, the spirit worships God. We're going to do a series about the worship soon. Soon we're going to fill this place in the dark school earlier. It's, just, it's, it's like a
God is calling us in the new state. God is calling us to His purposes and He is calling us to holiness. And so I was actually asking earlier this week, I was saying, God, can you mind me? Some of us here, you know what you're calling, you know what God is calling to do. But you know what we forget. Right? We just do this. We don't God. And so we need to say, God, renew my calling. And so I say, God, renew and refresh my calling because I want to live, you know, with your fire and learn that the mind of the of Judah is in me. No fears, no inhibitions. I want to really go for your kingdom. And so I have nothing. And I was like, God, I assure you this is your calling and it doesn't disappear. You know, it must be there. And, um, and I was going on and on and on doing things and so on. The moment I, I, I got my Bible, I got the first scripture of the and, and you know what God sometimes God says, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that Jesus said. Right? Now, the Holy Spirit cannot remind you of something that you're not full of. So we need to fill ourselves with the word. And we often say this, but I want to be very specific this morning. You have the written word, and some of us are very disciplined in reading the written word. But then you have the word of life, with the Holy Spirit who comes and He breathes on that scripture. That word becomes a reality to you. Right? We call it the rainbow. It's the logos and the rainbow. And I want to believe this is crucial for us now. Is you need to contend for the rainbow in your life. Make sure. Like I said, some of us are very good disciplined in reading your word, but I want you to say, God, then don't stop until you have the revelation of God, because that will sustain you. Right? But Jesus says, pray that your Father will give you your daily bread. You need it every day. You can't just go on yesterday and the day before, the thing is ago, that will give me the word in your life right now. This morning we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to come. We're almost done this morning. We're going to ask God to just refresh us and give us and give us. What do you stand for?
respond this morning just because it's the right thing to do. I want you to respond. If you hear this, there's one group of people that are specifically felt that God's going to activate them. And that is if you feel called the ministry of signs and wonders. Seeing the gospel demonstrated the signs and wonders. And I want you just to raise your hand. That's Thank you. 